We were away last week. We missed y'all. Did y'all miss us? Yes. Except him. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we had an opportunity to, uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. We had an opportunity to go up to the Calvary Chapel of the Berkshires and do some music and, and share in the word up there and uh, encourage that church. And I feel like that's part of what, uh, since we've been involved in the Huddle uh, Ministry, uh, which is a Calvary Chapel, you know, encouragement where we all get together once a year, uh, it gave us an opportunity to go and, and minister and just to encourage the pastor and his wife. And uh, we got to spend a lot of quality time with them. And uh, so that's kind of what we we're doing, just so you know. And from time to time, I think that God's, you know, uh, going to open those doors for us to go and in, in, to the different Calvary chapels around the area and just kind of be there with them and for them. But uh, that is a ministry of this church. Like I say, we've been doing this huddle for, I don't know, 20 years now and where we organize this conference every year. So, so uh, the fruit from that, I think, again, I want to encourage you, but we also have, on the other hand, we have uh, these guys that are here, we have some incredible leadership here that uh, can step up and be a part of, of uh, what's, what's happening here, even if we're away. It doesn't just depend on one person or two people, right? Right? Amen. Don't say amen too loud now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been an interesting time. Uh, last a week ago, Thursday, I thought I was having a heart attack. Seriously, I'm not kidding. And it, I guess it wasn't because I'm still here. But, uh, you know, the brevity of life, you just do not know. You know, uh, one of my best friends when I was in, when, in school, he, we grew up uh, around the corner from each other. And, and, uh, and he's actually, I think, a year younger than me. And I just got word uh, last week that he passed away. And I, hadn't, I haven't talked to him in probably 20 years or so more. Uh, and so I talked to one of my other best friends. There was like three of us that were like best friends. And, and he went to the funeral yesterday. And he said, uh, he said that he had had a heart attack. And then he had pneumonia. And he passed away from the complications of pneumonia. So you just don't know. You just don't know in this life how much time we have. Uh, so in the meanwhile, we need to be faithful. We need to do what God's called us to do. And, and, and that's really what my desire is. And I, and I think it is uh, our desire corporately to, to serve the Lord. We're a family here. We've, we've heard that a couple of times this morning where we gather together as a family. It's not just about one little part. It's about the whole package, right, that we're, that we're here for each other. You know, we study the Word, but it's not just about the Word. We, we pray, we fellowship, we break bread together. That's my favorite. No, just kidding. We do all these things together, but it's, it's the family, right? We're all part of this family, and God kind of binds us together, and that's really, that's really uh, important. So for me, uh, to go somewhere else is good, but this is home, Right? You know, it's good to travel and go on trips and things, and we were blessed to go there, and, and, uh, but it's also good to come home, to be with your family, right? That's kind of how traveling is. You, if you do that all the time, it's not that exciting. So let's open our Bibles, Micah chapter 6. We're going to finish 
chapter 6 today, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, chapter 6. Just a little bit of review, if you want to get on my screen, there we go. Uh, you remember these numbers, anybody? What are they? I can't even hear you. What are the numbers, though? Man, there's a lot of excitement happening here today. You know, they had their church is about the same size as ours, but they had two services because the sanctuary is, you know, smaller. And the first service was like very responsive, and the second service was like no response at all. So which one are you going to be today? That's the question, right? Those ones that go. When I tell my fantastic, wonderful jokes, you just like. Is that how it's going to be? Is that how it is? <laughs> so we have Law 5. I heard that. No donuts for him. Right? Law 5. History 12. Poetry 5. Major Prophets 5. And Minor Prophets Twelve. Those are the major groups of the <coughs> Old Testament. Today we're, we're in the book of Micah, which, uh, Micah is, which is one of what? Minor. The minor prophets, right. So, so the big picture, the prophets came. The Lord sent prophets to the people to bring them back to him. And though they testified against them, they would not listen. We kind of see that over and over. And I'm going to uh, read to you a couple other passages where this is, the, this is what happens. The Lord is speaking and the people refuse to listen. That's a sad, sad thing. But it is the big picture. Micah chapter 1, we have this choice to listen. Micah 2, the, the words from the people were, tell us what we want to hear. We see that happening in our in the church today, the church at large, we see corruption in high places. But Micah chapter 4, speaking about the future day, the future hope that God has a plan, and, it, and it's going to take place. God's plan will certainly take place. We saw the millennium in chapter 4. Chapter 5, the, the Savior promised from Bethlehem. And then, and then chapter 6, we get to the big point of this book, and we looked at that last time where... We saw the, the Lord has shown us what is good. And he says, what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God? What does God want from us? That's what God is asking. That's what God wants from you and for me. Not, not that we give these sacrifices, not that we you know, do all these external things. So it's okay to do external things. But if our heart's not in the right place, they, just, they really don't accomplish anything. The external should come after the internal. The internal is the heart where you and I, and, and uh, as David said in Psalm 51, the sacrifices of God are what? A broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. So it, it, it's, it gets back to that place of the heart. So what does God want from us? This is what he wants, to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. Now, we're looking at the second half. That takes us up to verse 8 in the Micah chapter 6. But the, the second half, beginning in, in, in verse 9 going through verse 16, the question is, the rest of the chapter, chapter were they doing 
what God had asked them to do in Micah 6, 8. And the question is, no, they weren't. And the answer is, what happens, what happens to you and I when we don't do what God asks us to do? We reap what we sow. So, so what I, the, the, the framework of what I want to look at today in these verses 9 through 16 is this concept that we reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. And, and that's what happened to the people of Israel, the people of Judah and Jerusalem. We, we reap what we sow. So let's look at verse 9. It says there, listen, the Lord is calling to the city. And to fear your name is wisdom. Heed the rod and the one who appointed it. The first thing he says there is listen. And, and it made me think of this. He says that the Lord is calling. Maybe think about caller ID. I looked for a picture of a phone with a caller ID on there with, with God. And, uh, you know, God is on the line. But this is like the home unit. Any of you had one of these at home where you can look and see who's calling before, before you answer? And we all have it on our cell phones and we can see who's there. And be honest, how many times, what's the percentage of time you see who's there and you say, no, nah, push the button to reject? Be honest. It's like 50%, right? Or more. 50%. So my question is, when God's on the line calling, what do we do? Do we hit that reject button? I'll listen later. As I've already said, the, the people of Israel, the people of Judah, uh, you know, they, they would not listen. When God would call, when God would speak to them, they would not listen. But doesn't he give us some, some words here in this verse? He says, the Lord's calling and to fear your name is wisdom. And he says to heed the rod and the one who pointed it, that we need to listen. We need to heed the one who's speaking. You know, the truth of the matter is, and it's, even this is not always easy when someone in your family is calling and you're in the middle of something, you know, family should come first, right? So, you know, if the family's calling, someone in your family, you should say, well, excuse me, man, I, need to, I really need to take this call and make sure that there's not some emergency, some problem, some trial, right, that you need to get involved in. God should be first on that list. But the truth is, the truth is, we kind of put it off. We kind of say, well, maybe later. Maybe I'll get back to that call. Let's see what he says on the voicemail, right? I mean, you say that. Well, let's just see what they say on the voicemail, and then I'll maybe decide whether I'm going to respond to that call or not. Any of you do that? I know I do. But hopefully not with God. He says here that, that we need to heed the rod and the one who appointed it. To fear your name is wisdom. The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There's no escaping, you see. There's no escaping. And in one way or another, we have got to listen. We have got to respond. We have got to listen to the voice of God when he calls. I want you to turn with me, though. And again, the context of this whole package here is, is Galatians chapter 6. So turn with me to the New Testament Lest you say, oh, you're just talking Old Testament law. You're talking stuff that doesn't really apply to us in the New Testament. But the truth of the matter, this is a, this is a bedrock principle. Bedrock principle. Meaning it is so solid and so strong and so firm. 
Look at Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And the one who sows to please his sinful nature or flesh, from that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Do not be deceived. I think there's a very clear deception, and he's giving us this very clear warning here. And again, the Bible is full of warnings. He's saying, don't be deceived, be careful. Because there's a lot of deception saying, you know what, it doesn't really matter what you do. It doesn't really matter how you live. But he says here, you know what, who are you going to have to deal with? Who did he say in Micah? Heed the rod and the one who appointed. Who are you and I going to have to deal with in the end? It's God. He said God cannot be mocked. You know, there are a lot of people out there thinking that they're, they're mocking God. They think they're going to just get away with it. It doesn't matter what I do, what I say, who I am. It doesn't matter at all. But, but he says here, listen, this is a bedrock principle that God cannot be mocked. It's a spiritual principle through all of life that God cannot be mocked. And whatever we sow, we're going to reap from that. Whatever we sow, we will reap from that. He, he, he gives two examples here. The ones that sows to please the flesh, he says destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit of God, he says eternal life, fruit, good fruit. Say, why are you talking about all that stuff? Because that's exactly the example that we see back in the Old Testament here in the book of Micah, if we turn back there. We see some specific areas that they were not pleasing. They were not obeying what God had asked them to do. And what we'll see is that the fruit will come from it. The reaping will come. How many of you have gardens? A lot of you have gardens. And... You know, if you'd like to see something come up in that garden, what do you do? You plant some seeds, you plant some plants or whatever. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday, yesterday, though. There are some plants that come up without any work at all, and guess what those are? Right, you don't have to do anything for the weeds to come up for them to take over. I mean, they just, like, are insane, right? So... So if we want some different plants to come up, we need to do some different kind of planting and do some different work, some, some, some going in the right direction. And, and that's what we're, we're seeing here in this passage. Now look at, look at verses 10 through 12. He says, am I still to forget? And remember, the, the context of Micah chapter 6 is like a courtroom scene. He's got these charges and the people are trying to get away from this and that. But look what he says, Am I still to forget, O wicked house, your ill-gotten treasures, and the short ephah, which is accursed? Shall I acquit a man with dishonest scales, with a bag of false weights? Her rich men are violent, her people are liars, and their tongues speak deceitfully. Some of the specifics of what they're talking about here, you could say they're definitely not act, acting justly. There's no justice, there's no sense of fairness about, they were, about how they were treating each other. Ill-gotten treasures, they, they got the things uh, dishonestly, they were using deceit. They were, they were, 
using the short e-fund, and what he's talking about there is, you know, if you were going to sell somebody something and, you know, they had the scales that went like this. So if you used, if your, you know, your weights were heavier, that means they wouldn't get what they were supposed to get, right? So they, they messed around with that. They, they, you know, they taped a little bit of lead maybe to their, to their scales. Oh, yeah, I'm giving you a real good deal here, but they're really shorting the people. It's this dishonesty and not, not being fair. But he says also they're lying. There was deception. There was violence. There was certainly no mercy. There was certainly no humility before God. But, but throughout, there are many passages that talk about this idea of dishonest standards. In Leviticus, it says, the Lord says, Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or quantity. Use honest scales and honest weights. An honest ephah, honest hin. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Yeah, I thought, it's interesting. He says, be honest and don't use dishonest things. He says, because I am Yahweh your God. In other words, the, the essence of him is truth. The essence of who he is is truth and honesty. In Proverbs 11, it says, the Lord abhors dishonest scales, but accurate weights or his delight. Accurate weights are his delight. There's something about being fair, being honest, doing the right thing, not cheating people. It's important to him. What does God want from us? He wants me to, to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly before him. So verse 13 we see some reaping there. These are some of the specifics, but of course not an exhaustive list. But in verse 13, he says, therefore, therefore what? He says, I have begun to destroy you, to ruin you because of your sins. In other words, there's some reaping that is going to take place. There are, there are consequences to our actions. And, and that's just the way it is. That's just the reality. There are consequences. He says, because of your sins, because of the way you're living, because of what you're doing, this is what's going to happen. We just read it in Galatians 6 that we're going to reap what we sow. If we sow bad seeds, guess what's going to come up? If we sow good seeds, guess what's going to come up? Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot involved in this. Again, we talked yesterday at the men's breakfast, as, as Justin mentioned, about you know, the parable of the sower and what kind of ground you have. But, but, but the fact of the matter is you need to sow seeds. You need to sow good seeds, and this good seed was the Word of God. But what comes up? What kind of plants come up in our lives? He says here that, that I have begun to destroy you. I have begun Interesting thing is we remember the context of Micah that he was speaking to the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom would fall to the Assyrians around 722 uh, uh, B.C. But the southern kingdom lasted a uh, hundred and some odd years longer than that because King Hezekiah actually did listen. But as a whole, the nation gradually got worse and worse and worse. He says, I've begun to destroy you. I've begun to bring this. He says, why? Because of, because of your sins. It was a slow and gradual thing. And it, and, and it makes me wonder about our country, too, and the, and the state of our country. It, it, isn't, it hasn't been like this immediate thing, but I have certainly seen this gradual 
ruin happening in our country, as we have gradually turned away from following after the Creator, as we have gradually begun to uh, compromise with the standards, with, with what God has said is right and wrong in our country. Are we going to escape? You know, I, I think that's the, that's the thing. We, we, we think that we can get away with and do with what, whatever we want. And the list is long, isn't, is it not? Uh, you know, abortion, you know, gay marriage. The list is, is absolutely incredible where we, we don't honor the, the institution of marriage where, you know, so many people are, are, are just living together apart from what God has ordained. It, it, you know, as we have turned away from the moral compass of what God has set out, these things will begin to bring the fruit into our life. And, and I think we can look around and see it now. We can see the bad fruit. It's not getting any better. And unless we turn... But that, that, that is on a personal basis as well. Warren Wiersbe said in that situation there, he says this, there was this collapse of their economic system and their enjoyment of all they had accumulated. There was this collapse, and it was a gradual collapse, and, and finally, in the end, they would be taken off to the Babylonian, by the Babylonians. He says, I've begun to destroy you. You know, is America immune? Is America safe? I think there's this, this false concept that we are a Christian nation and God will never do anything to, to harm us. That's not true. What did, what did we just read? A man sows what he reaps. And, and, and uh, I, I remember years ago hearing Billy Graham talk about that, that there's a scripture that says they've sown to the wind and they'll reap the whirlwind. And as a country and as individuals as well, if we sow to the wrong things, we're going to reap from those things. God cannot be mocked. Judah and Jerusalem, they thought, well, you know, we're, we're going to do all the right sacrifices. We're going to continue to bring those animal sacrifices. We're going to continue to, you know, do all the things that some of those uh, passages in the law specified but God said, you know what, your heart's not in the right place. You're not really doing what's right before me. Look at verses 14 and 15. This is kind of an interesting passage. He says, you will eat. He, he says, I've begun to destroy you, to ruin you because of your sins. And look at, look at what it says here in verse 14. You will eat but not be satisfied. Your stomach will still be empty. You will store up. But save nothing, because what you save I will give to the sword. You will plant, but not harvest. You will press olives, but not use the oil on yourselves. You will crush grapes, but not drink the wine. There's this sense of frustration in the things that we have and the things that we're doing. It's like, you, have you ever felt that way, though? Have you, you eat and you do not feel satisfied? It's just like it just it didn't hit the spot or something. He's saying, he's saying this kind of thing is, is, is what's going to happen. And we can have all the stuff too, but, but there's no enjoyment. There's no, there's no fruit coming out of it. There's no fruit for my labor. And you can be, have all the money, all the stuff and everything and, and be completely and totally empty. It's not about the stuff anyways. Interesting though. 
He says this is part of the ruin. He says the gradual ruin is that they were going to be completely, they're going to, they're going to have everything, but they're going to be completely unsatisfied. And I think empty. I think if we look around our country today, there's a sense of emptiness. Why? Because we've turned away from the one who, who can bring truth. I had an exchange with my sister, and uh, I was talking about this last week, about being thankful for our salvation and what God has done in our lives and, and how he has worked in my life, you know, but I... I had this exchange with, with my sister, and she said, you know, that it was her birthday, so I called her for her birthday. I was a day late and a dollar short. And uh, I left a voice message. She probably saw my call and rejected it. <laughs> so I left a voice message, and she texted me back and said, thanks, thanks so much, you know, and... Uh, you know, she said something to the fact, you know, but I'm, I'm just, I just have a heavy heart. And she said, you, you know. And it's, it's just, you know, kind of like the whole family thing, you know. And I said, she said, you know. You know what I mean. And I said, I know. I said, but you know what I would tell you. And she didn't answer me back. Because she knew exactly what I'd tell her. Is that, is that, yeah, where is the satisfaction? Where's the fruit inside going to come from? It's not, it's not looking to your family. It's not the stuff that you have. And she's got a good job and makes good money. And it's, it's with a relationship with Jesus. Where is, it, where is that emptiness going to be defeated? It's, it's knowing Jesus in our hearts and lives. That's the truth of the matter. Following him and and doing what he's asked us to do. Look at verse 16. He says this. He says, You have observed the statutes of Omri and all the practices of Ahab's house, and you have followed their traditions. Therefore, I will give you over to ruin and your people to derision, and you will bear the scorn of the nations. Now, Omri and Ahab were kings. But they were very wicked kings. As a matter of fact, it talked about them, and you can read about them. It says they were worse than all the others. But he's saying here, you're following after that. You're doing what they, because what they had basically done is gone uh, to the ways of the world around them and, and worshiping false gods and idols. They had gone out and, and gotten all involved in that. And then people were following their example and, 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 and really... Uh, Bad, bad news. Following the ways of the world. That's the danger for you and I. Don't love the world or the ways of the world, the Bible tells us. They're all going to pass away. You know, what? when we do things God's way, we can, we can trust that He's going to take care of us. He's going to bless us. But when we do things the way of the world... It's not going to be blessed. We're going to reap what we sow. That's all. That, that's what happened to Judah. You know, it was a gradual thing. It was averted by, for a time, like I said, but, but it came. Look what he says there. I will give you over to ruin. 
I will give you over to ruin. Does that, does that remind anybody of any other passage in the Bible? Anybody? I'll give you over. I'll quote it to you. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven. This is New Testament. Against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For although they, they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Anybody know where this is? Later on, Romans chapter 1, he says that God gave them over to sexual impurity. And then it says God gave them over to shameful lusts, speaking about homosexuality. And then it says God gave them over to a depraved mind, to depravity. He gave them over. In other words, he gave them what they wanted. But does that mean there's not going to be any fruit from all that? There's going to be fruit. Why? A man sows. A man reaps what he sows. The truth of the matter is uh, the people in Micah, they were warned. Deuteronomy 28, they were warned precisely about these things. In 2 Kings, it says, The Lord warned Israel... And Judah, through all his prophets and sayers, he says, turn from your evil ways. But then it goes on to say, but they would not listen, and they were as stiff-necked as their fathers who did not trust in the Lord their God. They were stiff-necked. Any of you get a stiff neck from time to time? That's painful. That that's, cramps your style. But he says, that's what we're like. In Jeremiah, it says, he says, I warned them again. God says, I warned them again and again, saying, obey me. But they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubbornness of their evil hearts. So I brought on them all the curses of the covenant I had commanded them to follow, but that they did not keep. They were warned. But haven't we been warned too? We've been warned. Over and over again. Psalm 19 says that, you know, by the word, by the scripture, we've been warned. Acts chapter 2, Peter, it says, with many, many other words, he warned them. And he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. He warned them and he pleaded with them. Don't get sucked up. Turn to Jesus Christ. I want to close in with one more passage in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 12, if you'll turn with me there, it's a few books before Revelation or a few section, uh, section before the book of Revelation. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25. Hebrews 12, 25. We've been warned, he says, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. See to it that you don't reject the call. He said, if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, speaking about the people of Israel, that the prophet, they had prophets who came and warned them over and over again. He said, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? 
God cannot be mocked. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. We're going to reap what we sow. There's no getting around it. So the question is, and you know, we ask ourselves, what kind of seed am I sowing? Am I, am I seeking to be obedient, to do whatever God has asked me to do and follow the ways and the, and the, and the scriptural uh, morality of the, that God has given to us in his word? Are we just like the world around us? There should be a difference. There really should be a difference. I'm going to close with this illustration I, I found interesting. It says, John Smith was a loyal carpenter working for a very successful building contractor who called him into his office one day and said, John, I'm putting you in charge of the next house we build. And I want you to order all the materials and oversee the whole job from the ground up. So John accepted the assignment with great enthusiasm and excitement. And for 10 days before the ground was broken at the building site, he studied the blueprints And he checked every measurement, every specification. Suddenly he had this thought. If I am really in charge, he said to himself, why couldn't I cut a few corners, use less expensive materials, and put the extra money in my pocket? Hmm, good idea. He says, who would know the difference? Once the house is painted, it will look just great. Okay. So John set about his scheme. He ordered second-grade lumber, but his reports indicated it was top-grade. He ordered inexpensive concrete for the foundation, put in cheap wiring, cut every corner he could, yet he reported the purchase of much better materials. And When the home was completed and fully painted, he asked the contractor to come and see it. John said the contractor, What a magnificent job you have done. You have been such a good and faithful carpenter all these years that I have decided to show my gratitude by giving you this house (laughs) as a gift. Get it? You get the moral? Yeah, we we think we're cutting corners. We think we're going to get away with something, but guess where it ends up? right back to me. It always comes back to us. We're not fooling anybody, especially God. It's going to come back to us. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. And Lord, we are human. We confess that we're weak. But you're calling us to follow you, to be obedient, to listen, to trust, and obey. And Lord, uh, again, we need your help to do that. We, we believe, but our unbelief is also strong. And, and we need you in our lives. That's part of being humble and walking uh, humbly before our God, confessing that we're weak and that, that we need your strength. Father, I pray that we would be those people who are different. 
that you'd show us the seed that we're planting. Maybe, maybe we need to make some changes in our own lives and we're not, we're not planting the right kind of seed. And we need to turn direction. Father, I, I, I pray you would, you would build into us that character, that integrity that comes from being a follower of you that people could say there is something different. Lord, I pray also this morning for any who, who don't know Jesus, who, who are completely and totally empty, that today you'd make a difference in their lives as they call out to you and call upon the name of Jesus. And you can do that right now if that's you. Say, Jesus, that's me. I'm, I'm lost. I have, I have nothing. I'm empty as anything. So come into my heart and my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Today. Here. And now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?